welcome to a new episode of the Fire Inside Out. I'm Ben Hansen. I'm joined by one Jeff Cork. Hey, one Ben Hansen. How are you doing, buddy? Doing real good. It's so nice to be back in the studio with you. Oh my gosh! And what an occasion it is. What an occasion. There's what? there's been a there's been a slow boil on the stove for years now. Unattended, largely ignored. That's right. Smoke detectors going off, charred pan. Just so much background noise for the American public at large. And now. The Blood Album from AFI is finally on store shelves. Drops like a bomb, but the good kind. Kablooey with bliss. Confetti. Everyone's happy. It was a long buildup. Uh, we had that episode just before this one talking about uh, some of the teases. We actually mm. reacted live to the two songs that they unveiled back then. Yep. Since then, they've done a million interviews, a ton of teasing on Facebook Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, I think, had a lot of AFI articles mm-hmm. about the upcoming Blood album. Um, How to draw your, draw your own blood and put it in decorative mason that's jars. Right. That's right. Uh, and now the Blood album's out. It came out January 20th, 2017, which is uh, just a simple day. Let's call it a Friday. That's call it Friday. And so we normally spend more time with these albums, but we want to come in hot. Got to come in Because there have been a baby. bunch of really, really nice people being like, hey, what are your thoughts on Blood album? What are your thoughts on Blood album? So we should just get this out. So... This is this is a little bit of an early take. I mean, I've listened to it a lot. What what's your listening habit here? I listen to it probably a lot and then maybe one more time. Okay, fantastic. Uh, but I'm sure there's still some wiggle room. I'm sure there's still left to grow with this album because I definitely have a shifting opinion the more and more I listen to it. Yes. So I have a question for you, Ben Hansen. Yeah. Are we going to discuss our thoughts on the album as a whole first and then mm. dive into the individual tracks, or should we do it the reverse? We'll tell you what. You tell I would, me. I, let's do a simple yeah. like take out of the gate, and then we can kind of summarize our thoughts and whatnot at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's a grower and not a shower, I think. <laughs> that phrase comes up a lot on this podcast. It definitely is. I, I tracked my notes. I did that terrible way to listen to an album the first time through where I sit there with a notepad open oh, boy. and just listen quietly. And then at the end, I was like, it's a little meh. Uh, mm-hmm. But definitely the more and more I listen to it, I've grown to it. But what are your thoughts at this point on the Blood Album? I had the same exact thoughts, even without a notepad. So don't beat yourself up. It would have been the same experience for you. Where I listened to it, and I was just like, all right, here we go. And it wasn't like previous albums where things jumped out immediately, either good or bad. Yeah. It was just kind of like it just washed over me. Like, all right, there we are. Just a good elevator filled with blood opening up and washing over your pale body absolutely okay and then i looked up from that guy's lap stared at the camera <laughs> and then went back to business and take three and uh <laughs> so where are you at now i'm it's really difficult because like it came out friday yeah and full disclosure it is now monday so we've mm-hmm. had a couple of days to listen to it and I- i'm with you i think i'm getting a better appreciation for some songs but i think some of other ones like my tolerance maybe has plateaued. Very interesting. Okay, well, we'll save any sort of numerical breakdown and scores and whatnot for the end of this podcast. Yeah. But, so, in general, I mean, I'm still waiting for a, a stamp of your overall thoughts on it. It is a pretty good album. Okay, it's that, pretty that's exactly good. what I was looking for. Yeah. I think I'm in that exact camp. Yeah. Just judging from internet reaction and like looking at the subreddit or mm-hmm. just responding to tweets, it seems like fans are happy with it. Yeah. Overall, it seems like, hey... This seems like the most solid since Sing, Sing the Sorrow, a couple okay. people have said. I don't know if I'm exactly in that camp. Yeah, I uh, don't know about that. Either. I don't know how much you care about music Metacritic. Is that a thing for you? I mean, uh, it can be. Okay. Would you like it to what be about, a thing for me? What do you think about the number 79 on Metacritic? 79. 
But it seems like the storyline mm-hmm. that a lot of reviews are taking, a lot of official reviews, I don't know if I'm fully on board with. The, okay. the storyline seems to be AFI is finally returning to its roots and giving us an album that we want, and it sounds good. I guess that depends on what you consider AFI's roots. And the f- Exactly. It's not like they're fully going back and making an album that lines up perfectly with Sing to Sorrow or anything mm-hmm. before that, certainly, or even after that. It still feels experimental it doesn't necessarily feel like the full throwback album that i think even on the last episode of the podcast mm-hmm. we were anticipating with this technically being a self-titled album and yeah and, it, and you also again to, to reiterate my point like what are they throwing back to because they're a band that has evolved so much over from album to album even you can't step yeah. into the same river twice cork oh man we might need to hit pause on the recording for a while let that one wash over me uh so as far as the actual name of the album yes uh so they announced it as hey it's a self-titled album Mm -hmm. and then i feel like in interviews and more and more and more it's just referred to as the blood album i would be surprised if years from now anybody even remembers that this was technically the Mm self-titled album Um, i don't want to read too much into it the album cover is just plain it's like blackish right and then there are three drops of blood right my interpretation is that hunter is out of the band (laughs) because <laughs> the, the three drops symbolize Sir David Havoc, Jade, Guy Normal. That's, I don't see a fourth drop. That's no room for hunters in this blood. No. Because I think that they were they may have just bought a, a bass machine. Jade uh, chimed in because in an interview with Alt Press, yes. uh, somebody asked him where the album title came from. And he said, originally we wanted to have it just self-titled because it's been 10 records and AFI has never had a self-titled record. Mm. Technically, Nitro released one, if you remember, but I feel yeah. like this is AFI. And that's how you know you've made it when you release your self-titled album. That's right. Finally, we've <laughs> done it. Uh, but because the album artwork has these three blood drops on the front, we just started calling it the Blood Album. So people started thinking it was the actual title, and because we didn't want to confuse anyone, we made it official. Huh. It's weird that the album artwork would influence things that much and that it would come in that early. And apparently. who would they ever like, called it that other than just the people that were working on it? Yeah. Because it was kind of a surprise when it hit, wasn't it? It wasn't Right, like, exactly. Uh, so then Davey, in another interview with Independent here, he says um, that he went with Blood Album because he found it as a recurring theme throughout the album. Mm-hmm. He says, I would imagine I must use at least 20 words in my lyrics over and over and over again. I'm constantly mocking myself for that. You're going to see the word heart a lot. You're going to see the word stars a lot. <laughs> there are constant references to nature, but the same, but at the same time, the reason I use those words is because they appeal to me. So he just found that blood was a theme here. So why not call it the Blood Album? Mm-hmm. Now, I know something we've talked about doing a fair amount is analyzing Davy's lyrics. Yes. A little more closely. Um, what if I told you that I have done exactly that for the Blood Album? Did you make a word cloud? I made basically a word cloud. Really? So, Blood, uh-huh. he says it's a recurring theme in the lyrics for this album. Is he kidding? Yes, no. Uh, he's a little bit kidding. Okay. It's, it, I'm sure it's a theme. I think there's one song in particular that gets into Blood. Yeah. All right. There's a word. Uh-huh. That was used 198 times yeah. in the Blood Album's lyrics. What do you think that word is? I. Correct. Really? Nicely done. What do you think number, or the word that's been used 147 times is? Oh, boy. Is, is it you? Jeff Cork, you're a genius. Am I? Yeah. Wow. That's very smart. Oh, I'm sorry. Coming in at 247 times is uh, Bridge. <laughs> no, we'll get, into that. we'll get into that later. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, I, overall, I don't think this album has a central 
theme or vision, mm-hmm. which is something I'm sure we're going to talk about later. But and I'm sure this is the case with a lot of AFI's albums. I was going to say later on, but I guess even the beginning where it's yeah. a lot about relationships, me versus you, baby. And it's very clear that if you break down the actual numbers of the words, mm-hmm. it is I and you. I think it's interesting that with AFI and the production of the albums, like we've talked about this in the past, I believe, like his lyrics have become more and more kind of pushed forward in the mix so you can understand him more closely. Yeah. But then it's kind of like in a horror movie when you see like the creature obscured by fog and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then you see like some behind the scenes footage of it and you're like, what the hell is this thing anyway? Yeah. I feel like... There were a lot of songs that were like that, where I could understand the words, but then it made me more confused than if he'd just been muttering random nonsense. I'm with you. I saw some fan feedback, and I agree that it is tougher to hear the lyrics in this album compared to their last couple. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of times listening to this where I was like, what are the hell are they saying here? Then I had to look it up, and it was either, okay, that's what I thought. It makes yeah. no sense, or it was uh, just unguessable. There were some that I uh, was like... Oh, for the love of God, he better not be saying this. And then it became crystal clear that was what he was saying. I think we'll get to that one pretty soon. So do you want to know the more interesting words that are more popular here? Yeah. 36 times on the album. I'm I'm discounting the it's, the a's, the me's, the that's, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. The first most interesting word used 36 times in the Blood album, find. Find, interesting. Yeah. 31 times is no. Mm. 27 N O or K N O W K N O W baby interesting uh 27 times white white yeah uh 24 saw a lot of past tense mm. uh realistically bridge is 21 love is 21 knives is 20 uh hidden is 18 huh stranger 12 obviously uh it turns out blood yes nine times and how many times did he say that it appeared uh, he just said it was a recurring theme, so that's why they felt more attached to it as they went along. Marginally. <laughs> nice try. I still want to do this for all of AFI's lyrics. I think that'd be an interesting experiment. But the question is, when mm-hmm. analyzing the lyrics yeah. and trying to count the number of words, do you, with like a chorus, right? Right. Or something that's repeated, do you multiply it? Or is it just whatever word is written once, do you count that as once and move on? I would say every time it's uttered. uttered. Okay. All yeah. right. That's exactly what I did here. So on the actual production of this album, yeah. it was more interesting than I expected looking into it. Because remember last time we were like, who is this record label? What is going on here? Yeah. Uh, so just high concept starting out. Davey mm-hmm. in an interview with Independent says, Blood, because he refers to it just as blood. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, blood <laughs> feels like the aftermath of 2013's burials. Uh, it's a less bleak record, but still dark in a more curious way. It's as if it's recognizing the uncanny, twisted, resurrected, still breathing, strange and unfamiliar of what went down on burials. Huh? And then he drops this bombshell, which I didn't realize. And I don't think, I don't know when this info first came out. I was not aware of it until recently that Jade produced the album. This one? Yeah. Interesting. Matt Hyde uh, technically co-produced it. He helped them out a lot. But as far as a lot of the interviews go, uh, they say, don't Jade fully produced this one. Um, So Davey in that independent interview says, Jade really is AFI. So who better to make a record than the band itself? Interesting. Jade is... It's a subtle storyline is just Jade's crazy rise to power within a- AFI. Like, even to the point that he makes the set list, apparently. Mm-hmm. And not only is he concepting a lot of the overall music and then working with Davey and whatnot for lyrics, 
but now he's just producing the overall record. Crazy amount of work for this one workhorse. He's churning up the temperature in this hot tub. And the other members of the frogs who are swimming along happily. Goddamn, better believe. Uh, so in an alt press interview with Jade, then he says, So I did the vocals with Davey Havoc. Just he and I in a room together while the drums were being tracked by Matt Hyde, who co-produced it. Uh, Dave and I have always wanted to do the vocals, just the two of us, to make a record like that. It was awesome, and I loved it. I really like that idea of just wanting to finally strip down to let's just get the two of us yeah. working on vocals together, get this weirdo producer in there. And it's really satisfying. And that, that line really connected with me, the idea that finally it's just us hanging out doing this on our own. Yeah, I forget Black Audio. That doesn't count. <laughs> or any number of other side projects that we have. I guess maybe they wanted it more like that. But I guess technically, I don't know if there is a producer on those Black Audio albums. I assume that there isn't. We want it just to be us. And we want the walls of the studio to be lined with photographs of just the two of us. Is it too much to ask? Could we have a sign that says no hunters allowed on the door? <laughs> so Hunter, in the independent interview, he says, in a sense... Wait, we have an album? <laughs> There's a new one? As he looks up after furiously drawing a cat. <laughs> he says, in a sense, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're just trying to create a new perspective on the wheel. And there are things we've hmm. tried musically in this album that I don't think we've ever done before. And we're all bringing our own interpretation to each song. I'm sure... Uh, Will Syme trying just one thing J.J. trying to do another Adam's going for something else entirely and that's what makes it AFI and then in a Loudwire interview with Jade uh, he explains more of the writing process where guess how many songs they had originally that they boiled down to the 14 on the album here 39 great guess 60 Jesus. Uh, so Jade says, we've become a pretty eclectic band, I guess. Davey Havoc and I are songwriters, and that's our material that we come up with when we do the 60 songs. Now, if we're doing 60 pop songs or 60 rock songs, it would be a little easier. But because there are so many different uh, styles, it was a little difficult. And it's a crazy situation when you have to choose the album based on some objective or subjective notion of what is good. Can you imagine that? If they write 60 songs, mm -hmm. just thinking about the change in style within this album, they could have made this... A pure rock like punk rock album they yeah. call, probably could have made this a pure new wave album mm -hmm. and just trying to find that balance for the 14 tracks they chose i would it, love to hear their pure pop album to be honest like yeah 100 crash love is kind of i want more of that or maybe dream car the no doubt side project will kind of scratch that itch with davy what'd you think about the timing of this album's release in terms of the friday big, yeah the big <laughs> friday I, I guess I haven't given it any thought whatsoever, just in terms of the span between albums? No. What are we looking at? Help hmm. me. What happened Friday, you dingleberry? <sighs> Let's see here. I had to watch the kids because my wife was out of town. Why was she out of town? She was at the Million Woman March. Okay. I oh, think so it's time to the Million Woman March. I don't know about that necessarily, but I do think it is interesting to look at this as a good timestamp for the world and the country with the election of Donald Trump. Uh, There's an interview in L.A. Times where they spoke to Davey real quick and he says, on a day that many find trying, we're trying to provide an evening of escape. And I'm sure they didn't plan this out that far in advance. Like, I think they announced it before even the election. But I think at the same time they have... It's like Christmas, you know, when the inauguration is going to happen at the time, right? Yeah, I guess so. So maybe it was somewhere in their minds. but I doubt that. I just think it's, I will remember this album for this period in America's history. And I think that if, like, the Trump administration had known the album was dropping then, they would have moved out of the shadow. Just right. Just to clear some space it's for Not going to be second fiddle. Exactly. Yeah. As it stood, it was very difficult to keep attention on one thing. 
But I did, I mean, listen. When was this album recorded, by the way? Do we know this? Yeah, last year at some point. So would Hunter have been recording when we spoke to him and was he being a little cutie pie? I bet it was after we spoke to him. But I, gosh, I wonder how that time frame lines up. I bet Mm -hmm. he was just about to really start working on it when we did that interview. That's going to be my, my theory. Uh, he was sitting in his car on the side of the road, ready to go Looking record at the some studio blood and getting shooed away by security. <laughs> He's such a dick. <laughs> I'm just joking. Jesus, Jesus Christ! I just like this fictional version of Hunter, like having to peer <laughs> inside because he's not allowed it. Obviously, it's not how the band works. But... Uh, when's Hunter gonna catch a break? <laughs> Come on! All right, first song. Yes, Dark Snow. Yes. Well, just let's backtrack a little bit. We've Please. done this with a lot of the other AFI albums. So let's set the stage. AFI, the Blood Album comes out. How old are you, Ben Hansen? And what are you doing? Oh, man. Blood Album comes out. I am 29 years old. Oh, the cusp of 30. I'm reading Twitter Uh uh, and reading about a lot of women marching and looking at pictures of cool pink hats. Okay. What are you doing, Quirk? I'm hanging out at my house. Oh, daddy. There you go. Happy? More or less. As good as it gets, baby. (laughs) Okay, so you sat down and listened to it. Headphones? Car. I always like to listen to this in my car. Just just closed up the garage, turned the car on a low <laughs> idle, <laughs> cranked it. Could not get a piece of hose long enough, so <laughs> I, it would kind of turn into a little bit of slapstick there, but the kids thought it was funny. Talk about dark snow. Yeah, okay. okay. Anyway, dark snow. Are you ready for the chorus just to remind you about dark snow here? Well, Actually, yeah. no. Forget this. Whoa. Dude. Let's just listen to the first sounds of the Blood Album overall. Okay. I like that dirty synth sound. It's odd in this song I, I think i'm for it too but just trying to get a read on uh-huh. where this album could be going off of the yeah. first song here it was more difficult than i imagined it's like okay not, dirty synth and then it's the only time that yeah. really shows up throughout the album that's not the art- oddest part of that song oh really yeah well, let's listen to the chorus here okay I liked it. It was kind of a nice, like, AFI anthem. Um, and then that that one part, which you have... C- certainly, I bet you're thinking of this here. Uh, at the tail end of the first breakdown here yes. in, in Dark Snow. You got some like some weird warbly autotuny type stuff there. I believe is the first real noticeable time that AFI has used autotuning, and I'm not against it in theory. It just I don't know what the net positive is. Mm-hmm. It's just it feels like a little experiment that was left in. It doesn't make it pack more of a punch or no. connect emotionally in any way. I think it's there to distract you from that flash of acoustic guitar that appears for. A second also? Well, maybe they're just setting the stage a little bit more for Still a Stranger. Yeah. So, 
this is the big thing is normally AFI, even if it's not like traditional opening anthem, it's a kind of a slower build for mm-hmm. the first song to really set a tone and right. not having what feels like a first track. Like this track, maybe I'm sure there's some philosophy behind putting it first, but it could have been number nine and people would not have been outraged or confused about it, right? I think overall, it's weird because when I listened to this early on, I was like, this is a really well-sequenced album. Okay. Like, everything seems to fit really nicely It's not in a secret the next circle. Song. Yeah. And then, the more I listen to it, it seems like boy, about 75% of these sound like they could be the like a classic last song on an AFI album. Hmm, I certainly felt that with Aurelia. I feel mm-hmm. like that one could be towards the end, but I I just feel like Dark Snow does not set a clear tone for the album. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not a bad thing? Yeah, and, and the more I listen to it, I think I would be hard-pressed to even tell you what that tone is. It's a thought. I'm sure we're going to come back to it later yeah. uh, in our overall critique. But overall, auto-tuning, strange. The yeah. synth, little strange. It feels like a fine song. Music a little bit stronger than lyrics, I guess. It just, it it left me a little bit, okay. I think that that last point you made, almost 100% the duration of this album. Which is... the musically stronger than lyrically. That is a huge conclusion I have as well, listening to Blood Album, is it's not like a riddle. It doesn't feel like poetry. If you read the lyrics, they're straightforward. They just don't add up to much for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, it's interesting that you have that opinion as well. Yeah, absolutely. These are like the songs that you you listen to in the first few tries and you're like, oh yeah, this is what he's singing about. All right. All right. It's exactly that. And like, especially when they're trying to hit a specific note emotionally, mm-hmm. right? And then you pay attention to the lyrics. Like this isn't getting me more invested in the feeling that you're trying to convey. It's just there. Yeah, I... I th- uh, you don't want to like put too much in this when I'm not sure what their process is like. Yeah. But it does feel like there's a very, like a big disconnect here in a way that there hasn't been in previous albums between the music and the lyrics. Like they were written in completely different like, yeah. time periods, which I understand like music when it's written is typically how it is done. Mm-hmm. Like someone will write the music first or they'll write the lyrics first and you know, kind of fit the other stuff around there. But this, you could kind of tell, or at least I that was my perception. That's interesting. I, I feel like we've talked about the before as far as trying to shoehorn lyrics quickly uh, so it fits uh, in this line here and whatnot, mm-hmm. just trying to line it up with the music there. And it's not even like a timing uh, issue with this. No. And it's not like the music is dark and the music's uplifting. It just feels like the music is a little more layered and nuanced mm-hmm. and the lyrics are just not living up to that no. complexity. Yeah, exactly. And well, I don't know if it's a situation where I just need to spend more time with it. It could be. It certainly could be. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Davey Havoc dropping the ball, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, let's listen to the opening of Still a Stranger, because this is, this is a whole new AFI. Just listen to this. In no world... Would I ever think there's an AFI where it has that build and there's no O there? Yeah. That is it. That is the O yeah. spot, baby. And there's nothing. That kicks off like, here we are. Let's go. I wonder if he heard us being mean about it. I 100% <laughs> guarantee that's not the case. But I wonder if it is 
maybe just Jade producing, maybe Jade having a little more control and just thinking like, why well, keep doing that? We're changing up, changing up a couple things this time around. We don't need to go back to that. Oh, well, let's just cap it off. At, was it 20, I think, for overall O count? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, th- that was a perfect spot. I think you, yeah. So here's uh, the chorus of Still a Stranger. Mispronounce the hearse? No, the hurt, everybody. Uh, this song really, really grew on me. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Oh, great. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's certainly up there in the top half for me. Uh, hearing the acoustic is really interesting. Like, boy, AFI does not use an acoustic guitar too often. Certainly, like, this time in Perfect, it really stands out. But How especially this- in a more upbeat, intense song, to have that acoustic mixed in is really, really incredible. I can't wait to see that if they play it live. <laughs> just kidding. Is there a roadie just, who just hands him a guitar for like... Jumping over real quick. Uh, so actually, there's a... In the breakdown, there's a good example of using the acoustic guitar in a place where you would not think that it would work. But it just cements that drop-in more here. And you might say it's weird that there's no O in this song. And you'd be like, oh, maybe this is a whole new AFI, but... Still has the lovely end echo here. Mm-hmm. So, hey, it's still AFI, everybody. They're, they're still intact. Yeah, yeah. And this has, like, one of my favorite ways that, like, Davy sings, like, where there's that weird, like, frantic desperation kind of. What does that sound like? What are you also. really getting at? Just the, just the way he's singing. It, it's kind of a like a... I think it, this song is going to be really great live because it seems like one of those you can imagine him, like, gripping the mic stand... A lot of posing and stuff like that. Maybe I have this uh, too rich a fantasy Just life. Just an erotic fantasy. Yeah, He's yeah. looking straight at me. He mouths, I like your podcast. Yeah, he goes horizontal and floats through the air towards you. You're better than Hanson sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely the screaming. It's it's weird to hear that more aggressive scream, deeper tone with the acoustic mix in there. But Still a Stranger, really, it sets a more confident tone for the album, I yeah. think, than Dark Snow overall. Uh, then we get to Aurelia. Uh, here we go out of the gate. Aurelia. Sorry, Aurelia. I like this song a lot. Mm-hmm. But okay, <laughs> let's, let me just play it. Just get it over with. This is those like one of the instances where it's like he can't be saying what I think he is, and then they isolate 100%. the vocals, and I'm like, God damn it! This it's like when you you go to a restaurant and you're like, I think this tastes really good, but man, they need to ease off on the cilantro. That's all I ask. That whole barking in the wrong key thing is Especially- overpowering, and this would have been a, like a fucking awesome song, but it just like he's latched onto that one lyric and just. It just repeats it and repeats it, and it's such a corny thing. And I feel like that's a recurring theme with this album, too, is it's more repetitive than the AFI I'm used Mm -hmm. to. But especially with Aurelia here, going repetitive on a phrase as silly as wolves barking in the wrong key. And there's also just something 
maybe because it rhymes with donkey. Mm-hmm. But there's something so bizarre about the wrong key. And yeah. then also barking. Yeah. Maybe it's a more powerful word to use, but like, they're wolves. Say howling. Howling in the wrong key is a little bit better. Yeah. It gets a, it kicks in a little more emotionally later on. Here we go. This is one that I felt like, I mean, it's it's not terrible that it's up front, but it's mm-hmm. an odd one for the third track on the album. I'm I'm curious what the decision was there because it feels like it could have been towards the end. It's kind of a wind down type of song, yeah. in my mind. Yeah, like I said, this is a song that I like a lot, but man, that that one phrase. There are a lot of songs that I like that are that are like this, where it's just like you you kind of see it coming. You're like, oh boy, I hope the person I'm with doesn't hear this thing too too clearly because otherwise they're gonna be like. Ah, this song's not great. <laughs> they do the they do the trick, which they've done a couple times in the past, right? Where it's they're barking in the wrong key, then at the end of the song, it's we're barking in the wrong key. A little more mm-hmm. narrative, a little time has passed, things are changing, but it's still barking in the wrong key. <laughs> yeah. All right, sorry, Aurelia. Um, Hidden Knives, next track on the album. Hidden Knives. Uh, it has a really good guy normal intro. Pretty yeah. classic sounding AFI. Here's here's just right out of the gate with Hidden Knives. Let's go! Oh. <laughs> nope. Not there. Maybe Davey did it live and then Jay just had the the potentiometers there when he's uh, doing a little tweaking towards the end. It's like, let's just go ahead and bring this. Yeah, that, like the little button in the studio like when someone's coughing, you kind of push that and he's just like, yep, here we go. <laughs> Never happened. Uh, hidden knives. Let's get to the chorus here just to refresh ourselves on what this thing actually is. Going against my own theory about, like, this is more than just AFI jumping around to different eras of mm-hmm. itself. This song 100% could have fitted on Crash Love. Oh, for sure. It feels very much in that vein. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think of Hidden Knives? I think this is oh! one of those, like, a kind of a cop-out, like, eh, that's a pretty good song. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think it would be a middle of the road to maybe eh, the 40% mark if it was in Crash yeah. Love. Overall, I think it, I think it's okay. Uh, the, the ending here strikes me. Heat it up. It'll be fine later. <laughs> uh, so, again, it's it's if there is a theme lyric, lyrically throughout the whole album, it's about just like the lyrics say. It's like eyes and use. It's about relationship. It's darker, uh, but not the kind of dark words. Hey, I'm going to drown you in a fucking swamp <laughs> or some other earlier AFI lyrics, right? It's yeah. just, hey, we're both kind of darkly inclined people and we're in a relationship let's try and connect yeah you know <laughs> you're like, like, <laughs> i'm sorry i thought that was really funny thank you it made me th- when i was listening to it it made me think of like if your cat could write a note and it barfed somewhere it was like hey 
Asshole, I left a little something <laughs> on the counter for you. Oh, you mean the snow cat? Yeah, the snow cat. The yeah, snow cat. Uh, all right, next song on the album, Get Hurt. Mm-hmm. Can I say something before this starts? Because yeah. I'm assuming you're going to start at the beginning. Uh, sure. <laughs> it sounds like in this song at the very beginning that a nerdy robot is trying to do a Davey Havoc impersonation when he's singing. So just that was what was going into my mind. Okay, let's let's listen to it. Let's let's hear your nerdy robot. Yeah, I really thought on this album, this is the song when Davey needs to rest his vocals a little bit. Yeah. It's just a little bit flat exactly. overall, uh, vocally. There is that, that echo there, mm-hmm. uh, where normally I feel like that would have been a very filtered effect. And now it's just straight up him singing the word again, which again, go ahead and change it up. I like it. Um, also this line is really where the song started to rub me the wrong way. Okay. Davey is very self-conscious about people seeing him sleep. Mm-hmm. He'll be, he'll be a good boy. He'll be a good boy. Just don't look at him sweepy. Uh, it could be because later on he, he has a vital clue here. I can't let you see me sleep with my mouth agape. Don't watch me. He's just drooling all over his pillow. I bet he sleeps like sleepy and a feather goes up and down. But it's a black feather. The crow feather. Uh, so the song then also has the first real guitar solo on the album here, mm-hmm. just to really give it some pizzazz. Again, I want to stress musically. I think this album's great. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of great bass moments for Hunter. Jade has his three signature guitar solos going throughout there and i feel like adam's a he varies it up so much on the drums each track is wildly different some oh yeah time but yeah it's always interesting what do you think about get hurt it's got a weird kind of like alice in chains droning chorus yeah going on there that i can take or leave but yeah i'm with you like musically it's really interesting just the sleep repetition is really where it starts to grate on me where you realize, oh, we're, we're getting repetitive here mm-hmm. on this album. And other times, Barking in the Wrong Key, I think there's more to love in Aurelia. Uh, Get Hurt, personally, it's my least favorite song on the album. Yeah. Really did not care for it. I think years from now, it's going to be the one that I skipped. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a significant drop down compared to how much I enjoyed the other tracks here. And I could be misremembering, but it seems like in the past when there has been a, like a lot of repetition Lyrically, it's been either a function of uh, them just being like 17-year-old, like shouting their choruses, uh-huh. or also it's been used as like a, we're trying to, like the, the Marilyn Manson kind of like, like we're setting a stage. Right. This is like some kind of like gathering and we're reinforcing this They're propaganda or something. They're building something, whereas a lot of the repetition on this album, it doesn't, it's not building or adding no anything. it's just barking in the wrong key just over <laughs> and over again you're like okay yeah yeah all right next track above the bridge oh 
What'd you think about this song, That Bridge? This is totally like, you could put this on disintegration and you'd be like, yep, that's a cure song. 100%. Even Jade in an interview and he's like, yeah, there's a couple new wave tracks on this album and it's just because we grew up loving new wave. So of course it's going to filter in there. Yeah. Very much. I feel like this would be a fine song if someone else sang it and maybe that's hypocritical and not the right way to go about it. But I just am not a huge fan of it. It Again, it's back to back with Get Hurt and mm-hmm. also so repetitive with the that bridge refrain. Yeah. It's constant. So like you want Robert Smith just to move in and sing it. Wouldn't it be well. nice? How about the breakdowns? I don't feel like we've been focusing on the breakdowns enough like we normally do. So here's the breakdown for Above the Bridge. A lot of fans immediately think of the silver and cold music video with the old, the old ghost bridge. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking. <laughs> I wonder if I played this with that video, if it would, like would line up like a Wizard of Oz, Dark Side of the Moon. A hundred percent. Also, pro tip: yeah, if you just go look up YouTube uh, dash cam footage of bridge, it also lines up perfectly with every <laughs> bridge footage on the internet. I really strongly recommend it. That's to really fans. good. Uh, yeah, this it's it's down there on my list of favorite songs on the album as well. And so being really back to back with Get Hurt, I'm a little butthurt about it. Yeah. I think Above the Bridge, I think uh the bass work on that song is is fantastic. I don't want to just completely admonish the entire song. There's there's interesting things within it. It's oh, absolutely. Just, it's just a repetition. And like the hi hat sixteenth notes. Yeah. They're great. Uh next track, So Beneath You. I feel like we should need to play just the first couple seconds here because yes. it's such a tonal shift. Maybe the biggest shift in the album here, set track to track. Oh! So so beneath you, it's like, oh, we got some guitar rolling here. What the hell? My actual note was, oh, we've got a rocker. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Like this time, it does feel a little bit like we're going back in time. Yeah. Where are we going here? Uh, and here is a build up to the chorus to tell you exactly where we're going. Stretch your hair. I like this one. And then it suddenly it's like, oh, you're vilifying blood. No, he's saying that people are vilifying his blood. I assume it's a reference to, you know, the straight edge lifestyle and having pure blood compared to contaminated blood. Uh, but again, hey, blood is coming up. This feels like if it was a little more aggressive and less good, it could have been an extremist song. I mean, normally we talk about the fine line between black audio music and mm-hmm. AFI's music. And normally there's a very clear difference between extremist and AFI, but this is one where it's like, well, if you reworked it a little bit lyrically, at least it feels more in that extremist vein, okay. except this is approachable and I actually really like this song. Yeah. I think it's, it's silly. 
<laughs> it makes me laugh, like the idea of him just being like, if you're there, God, strike me down, you've got nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a personal take on it, but there's part of me that's, I'm always fascinated by religion talk, but the idea of being angry, uh, as an atheist, like, why, uh, I can't believe you still believe there's a God. There is no God. Like, I feel like past 21, it's like, yeah, we get it. We're, we're all moving yeah. on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, people have made the Santa Claus analogy before. It's a really good one, but <laughs> but I like that they're so passionate about it. And if that is the lyrical take you have to have to have like a fun punk rock song like this, I'm I'm totally on board. Uh, especially like the breakdown later on in the song. I think it's the first really just and maybe this is just a taste thing. It's the first really fun breakdown. Mm-hmm. I feel like on the album where everybody can enjoy it here. Women You're across won't. the nation playing this in the marches. Yep. Uh, there we go. Yeah, I like that one. Great work. So beneath you. <laughs> Great work. <laughs> Next song, Snowcats. This one we've already listened to and reacted to a little bit live. It yeah, is, so here I go, hypocrisy. It's a big old single. I feel like they're really cornering the market on hit singles with the word Himalayan in it. <laughs> yeah. Which apparently is a cat. It's a white cat. Himalayan and so there's white. Yeah. there's the snow cat. Uh so what do you think of the snow cats? This is another where it's like, okay, I get it. And then oh boy, when when it actually kicks in there about the who's to say when the cats, cats are, are away? away? Oh, yeah. Brother. Okay, hang on, here we go. I'll play it. And it's one of those where you look up the lyrics for it too, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm okay with cats if I feel like it's being used as yeah a central or a powerful message or a, a unique metaphor or something. Yeah, and I don't see it. I don't see it in there. Now this one reminds me of like a country song where it's like you started because you saw a funny joke and you wanted to write a song around it or like a catchphrase or something. It seems like this one is just like hey, you know, just say when the cats are away. Oh, I've got to write a. So you're saying it's the Save the Horse, Ride a Cowboy <laughs> blood album? Is that what you're getting at? I think that sums it up nicely, yeah. <laughs> uh, Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Yeah, I, I, I think the guitar work is awesome. I mean, yeah, we, it's got a really good guitar episode, solo. It's, it's a lot of great old-sounding uh, guitar work mm-hmm. in there. Uh, and Jade was key to point out that he really loves using the three-fourth time signature, kind of mm. for the waltz feel, which yeah. we're not musically intelligent enough to talk about time signatures enough on this podcast, but you know, in an interview, when he points it out, then I'm able to hear it and appreciate it a little bit more. But yeah, if I've got like Wikipedia open in a tab, I'm a freaking genius. It feels like a pretty safe song to pull out as a single. Yeah, uh, I I like the vocals in the beginning and the guitar work. Yeah, and then again, the cat thing—it's just just a little bit much. And it's interesting too because we talked about the music being really excellent across the board in this album. Yeah, lyrically a little weak, but I think like Davy's performance. Yes, regardless of. Some of the nonsense he's singing, 
I think is probably as strong as it's been too. Yes, I agree. I mean, obviously the fans will be like, oh, why aren't you screaming more? But it has variety. It's never grating. It, it really, it changes up so much song to song. And I agree. It always sounds good. Yeah. And it doesn't he, like, he has like a really wide range. And sometimes he's like in the past kind of pushed it out of that in, in ways that I was like, eh, I don't know. If right. Like, but this one is just like, he's found not necessarily a comfort zone, but it's like a place where he's like strongest and that's where he is most of the time, at least when, when he's singing. So I'm excited to hear him sing it. I'll just have to listen past the words in many cases. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's a real question. Yeah. Have you watched the Snowcats music video? I have not watched the Snowcats oh music video. Oh, my God. All right. Let's jump ahead, please. Okay. Oh, no. Jeff Cork jumping back in in a post-Snowcats music video world. Highly recommend that everyone watch that video. What is it? It is... Oh, boy. I don't even know where to begin with this one. Cork, your reaction was, you look like Davey Havoc sleeping mouth agape, hand over mouth, and then you muttered the phrase, oh, no. (laughs) It... Oh, man. Because I think that AFI has had some really striking, arty videos right and you could argue some of them were maybe approaching pretension right but they've always been interesting this seems like someone got a package of video editing software and was like i can make a whole bunch of drummers in a line and then they say is this going to look good? We've been filming in front of a green screen all day, sir. No, no, no. Trust me. Trust when me. When you see the way this thing's pieced together. It's going to look like two Davy Havocs are singing the song at the same time so facing each other. It's just surreal green screen 80s them flying through the stars, but... Walking on a treadmill. Walking on a Guitar Hero track towards towards the camera. I, it's a it's a take it's a bold take i just don't know what universe people see that and say this is awesome and it's not like a fun campy throwback necessarily no. also just a weird fit with this song it really is there's and at one point you can see when uh davy's singing he almost smiles a little bit because i think he realizes yes there's some silliness going on also here. i like when it's going through a lot of eyes and ears right and yes. then I thought it was a poor taste. It just went through one butthole towards the <laughs> end. And then the, it, had, it was labeled you. <laughs> no, but when it's flying through all the faces and then it, it has Hunter like walking and yes. playing the bass, but you don't really get to, it's just like from the bass up mm-hmm. and it turns out a bassist just playing a pretty standard bass line from the bass up mm-hmm. is not a very interesting visual. It's just an awkward feel. They're all the wearing white thing. though. They are dressed in Himalayan white. There's no yes. doubt about that. Uh, it also just cemented the idea that Snowcats, they were getting out of the gate with it as, as a single. They played it like on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And both there and I think in the music video, it really drives home. Like, I don't think it's a fun song to perform live. It's it's not really rallying. There's nothing entertaining visually about it. And maybe It, it might is, be fun to perform live. I don't think it's fun to necessarily listen to. Okay. It could be like, you're watching someone like do something that for them is very fun, like riding a Segway, 
and like they're in their mind, it's like the greatest thing ever. But you see them from the outside, and it's like, well, you, just, you have an idea what this looks like? It's not yeah. great. So it's the same music video or the same music video director for both music videos this time around. And in an interview, Dave was just like, "Yeah, I just want to do this '80s vibe." So we just trusted him and went along with it. It's it's bold. Yeah, because it's difficult. If the song was like you said, if the song were more fun, I think this this that kind of take would have worked with like above the bridge because musically it's supporting like a throwback in a lot of ways also it just looks like a black audio album now that i think about it yeah it's much more in that vein yeah totally if it was more of an 80s 90s synth song right but it's snow cats exactly just just film some cats yeah your iphone they've already demonstrated in other videos that they have access to animals up to and including rabbits how hard is it to get a cat it's quite easy Next track, Cork. Yeah. Ninth track on Blood Album. It's called Dumb Kids. This is probably one of my favorite songs on the album, too. But I could barely make out a single word that he sang, which for could, sure. could absolutely be why I like it so much. So don't ruin it for me. Is he talking about, like, petting cats and stuff? Or what is it about? So in the fun part of the chorus there, the communal part, it starts out with let's play and then turn to stone. Mm-hmm. So it's let's play. Okay. So two good lines. I think as an overall vision lyrically, <laughs> I don't know, the turning to stone doesn't really rally people around it, but absolutely favorite song on the album yeah it it gets in that same note again and of throwing it back a little bit where you start to listen to it and it's like oh it's like so beneath you we're going back to punk rock roots but then it maintains it in a new way but the interesting thing the more i listen to this song it's the chorus it sounds so much like classic aofi i yeah. really really love it for that but then the verses he kind of has this bah, 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 bah. it's a little mopey it's not like the low december underground singing mm-hmm. uh that was across a lot of that album it's a different sound for him singing and i just feel like it i wonder if there's a version of the song where he could have sang it at a higher pitch like an old afi song and then it would feel exactly like it fits into like yeah. black sails or art of drowning yeah and it's not bad like it's still my favorite it's just a different take that i think is really interesting uh and i I think it's a simple song. It's one of the shortest songs on the album. And maybe I'm just a sucker for the punk rock nature of it. But this one seems fun. Absolutely. And even Jade in the Loudwire interview, he said, uh, there are songs like Dumb Kids, which I feel like would be a really fun song to play live. I really love that one. I would love to play some of that stuff, some of the stuff like Aurelia, and hopefully that one will connect live as well. But we're going to a show soon. The idea of Aurelia connecting as hard live as dumb kids, impossible. Like the audience is going to lose their, lose their mind for dumb kids. And there's actually a video of them, I think at the Troubadour playing it. And they totally did. Yeah. Completely got into it. Chanting along. Let's play. Turn to stone. You yeah. know, that classic AFI refrain. Let's play. Turn to stone. Yeah. Uh, so here is the breakdown for dumb kids.
Dumb kids, baby. I don't know if Nick 13 sang on this album. Uh, I haven't looked into that, but mm-hmm. if he did, certainly it would be for this song. And you got to wonder, too, at this point, how many of the other 60 songs that they were starting to prepare were in this vein? Yeah. Was there enough for a full Dumb Kids-esque album? That, that is, that is my, good. That is my cream dream thrill of a lifetime. All right, that's Dumb Kids. Moving on to uh, another track called Pink Eyes. This is Hunter's song to shine, baby. Mm-hmm. Take it away, buddy. Uh, let's go into the chorus here to remind ourselves. Fast guitar yeah. strum. What do you think about Pink Eyes, Cork? I think it is all right. All right. <laughs> I don't know. So is he talking about? He says the red room. Is that correct? Find me in the corner of the round room. Round room. Round room. Okay. Why? What was your theory? Well, I wasn't really a theory. I was just like, ah, it's interesting because he always talks about white rooms in another song. Ah. No, this house. is round. He's shapes and colors. So really, this song just strikes you as okay. I mean, it, it has, like, really sweeping chorus, and it's super fun to listen to there, but it's okay. one of those, like, this is the first song that it struck me, um, like, wait a second, there aren't any oohs going on here. For some reason... The high-pitch oohs. Yeah. Right? There's a difference between the AFI oohs and the AFI yeah. oh, the oohs. The oohs is like Davey, the, oohs is the crowd. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That but was let, really good. Here's, a, here's the breakdown later on. If you like licking fingers, you'll love it. Put your pedals in my mouth. The original mm-hmm. lyric, it's a subtle nod. He actually just wrote, sit on my face, and then scribbled that out and wrote, put your pedals in my mouth. Uh, Pink Eyes, I think, is one of the strongest on the albums for sure. I think this is the strongest back-to-back pairing is Dumb Kids and Pink Eyes for me. Yeah. And I love both. Dumb Kids is simple. I think Pink Eyes is a really complex song. It has sounds for everybody, more variety packed within it. It's mm-hmm. a smarter song. I still would give it to Dumb Kids, but yeah. Pink Eyes seems to be leaning towards a pull-away favorite for a lot of people on this album. Not for Jeff Cork, though. Have we gotten to your favorite song on the album yet? Yeah. And it was? It's I, it's a tie. I like Dumb Kids a lot, and I like Still a Stranger okay. a lot, too. All right. Uh, well, that's Pink Eyes. Uh, yeah. Next song, Feed the Floor. Let's jump right into the chorus. For... Feed the Floor or Feed From the Floor? Feed the Floor. Is it Really? Why yeah. Did, why did I write feed from the floor? I don't know. This my, changes everything. I need to listen to this several more times now. Actually, I'm going to look that up. My the one I downloaded said feed the floor, but I could have sworn in the last episode we said feed from the floor. Hang on. It's really interesting. So yeah, it is feed from the floor, but the official download that I got for buying tickets to mm-hmm. the concert, it was labeled feed the floor. Because <laughs> that's a whole different deal. It it's is, like a Sarlacc. 
entirely kind of different. I mean, it's continuing a real floor theme on burials. Yeah. Uh, they had a deep slow panic that also had the songs about the floor and then lost souls. These things about the ocean floor, floors and cats, <laughs> the Davy lifestyle It's actually speaking about his lifestyle and the ocean floor. Let's listen to the opening here. And if you remember, back on the Burials episode, we talked about an interview where Davey talked about video games. Yeah. And how the last one he played was Echo the Dolphin. Uh-huh. I feel like Feed the Floor, Feed from the Floor, I should say, is a small nod to his Echo the Dolphin passion, burning desire. Uh, but here's the actual chorus from uh, Feed from the Floor. What do they get feed from the floor? I have no idea what this song is even about. Like, I can understand most of the lyrics, but it just did not make any sense to me. It just didn't have an impact on you, or you're just trying to logically work your way through it? And it just trying to logically nothing. work my way through it. It's it's a soft little ballad, mm-hmm. uh, but it really doesn't do much for me either. Yeah. Again, that's another one that Jade says is, is just new wave. That's what they're going for. Sure. That's fine. Good times. Uh, <laughs> next track, White Offerings. We listened to this one before. Uh, let's yep. get the chorus rolling here. Refresh our memory. I do remember the last episode I said, I bet White Offerings is as hardcore as the album goes. Yeah. And you could make the case maybe for So Beneath You, but I still think it pure aggression in the vocals. I think White Offerings still takes it. Yeah. What do you think of White Offerings in retrospect now? I I think it's okay. It's it's one of those just AFIE sounding. I think if it had been on the other album, it wouldn't have stood out yeah. necessarily. But I think just because the sound has softened. This was one where it really hit me uh, how little the lyrics are doing it for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you think like it's the most aggressive song. Try and find some message that's really going to connect people, get them riled up internally. And the message is about offering a white room. Yeah. What are we, I don't know what you want me to feel based on. I understand it means something for the band, but. It's just not connecting. It's like, yeah, aggression is technically happening here. I'm registering emotion. I just don't understand it. White room, white room. You all know the words. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm guessing you haven't seen the White Offerings music video. There's a music video for this? Let's come on over. Let's put right. it up. All right. Music video offerings. What do you think? Oh, boy. Uh, they're in a white room. There yeah. are some props. Someone off camera is drizzling chocolate syrup on objects. 
You and can see Hunter just salivating the entire video. Ooh, I'm going to lick that pyramid <laughs> when this is done. chocolate to fly off my mouth. Uh, yeah, it's the standard performance video. They yep. wrap in a couple flashes of some yeah. more trippy imagery, like the dripping or like the black and white lady. <laughs> really makes you think about the duality of man. Yeah, or um, woman. What do you think about the ending? Well, it's interesting because this loops, you could like play this back to back in an endless loop play, with butt to snow butt. cats. Because at the end of this video, he looks into the camera, which is the beginning of Snowcat's video. And the end of Snowcat's video, it kind of turns into this, like this red bar kind of yeah. like filter appears over half the screen. And that's how this video begins. Yeah. So again, same director. And I guess they're filming it the same day. And mm-hmm. then it was just, uh, yeah, why not connect these two? Let's go for it. So you get to see the director and a producer yep. sitting there uh, by the monitor, sitting very, very still, which is the way I think you direct music videos as they're playing their hearts out. Yeah. Uh, this you, seems like a video, like when I was listening to this song, Yeah, no joke, I was like, I bet they have a music video for this one. Oh, really? And I would assume, this is one of those, like, yes, a performance video is good, but show some freaking fans rocking their brains out. Doesn't this seem like one of those, like... So the white room would be like an elevated stage with like a white mosh pit below it? Yeah. Multicultural mosh pit would be fine, too. Just lots of black people, and white faces, lots of people 50, 50? having a good time to this. Yeah, they've, they've certainly done that video before. Uh, maybe they're trying to go for those, something a little more abstract. But I, absolutely. I think that that's fine. Then, but this one is just like it is a performance video, and it's not very interesting. Uh, next song is "She Speaks the Language." Uh, let's. She I think sp- she speaks from the language. Is it really? No. <laughs> God damn it, Quirk. <laughs> uh. So I think this song, the first 45 seconds, is a good example of what's really musically interesting on this album. There's yes. a lot of variety to it. Let's yes. just listen to this here. It sounds so good. It's so different. Yeah. I feel like that's that summarizes a lot of this album. Mm-hmm. It's just that exchange and then tell me it's real, make an appeal. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And we should, just to backtrack a little bit, yeah. a little housekeeping, we need to remind listeners, if I'm not a Halloween band... Certainly not a Halloween band. I don't care. In spite care. of what... I don't the, care what you've heard, spooky, what you've seen. The spooky the, intro. The cover albums that you may have seen in the history. Not a Halloween band. Uh, here's the here's the chorus to She Speaks a Language. It's not the flashiest... But I think it's the most interesting drum work on the album from Adam. It's just such a weird, it's such a strange rhythm going through this entire song. It's really, really interesting if you just focus on that alone. What do you think of She Speaks the Language? I thought we got ourselves like a little lovey-dovey song. Then all the blood stuff comes in. Yeah, it's ultimately a little more aggressive, a little more S&M maybe than you'd expect. But certainly it's it's a nice song about falling in love, which is... So nice to hear after burials, which is all about just, yeah. boy, relationships are a pain. <laughs> Glad that's over. Yikes. Um, here's a here's a breakdown here. Love, 
it's another kind of feels like a larger ballad song but i really really like this song mm-hmm. i feel like it falls in that camp again like so many other songs in this album where it just goes back to that chorus well a few too many times mm-hmm. uh, this must be love it's just a little bit too much of that but at its core i really enjoy it what is that language i believe it is esperanto correct all right next song is the last song the wind that carries me away we just need to start from the top here. There's no other way to go about it. So this is the final song on AFI's Blood Album. What is that? What were you thinking when you heard that? AFI's got the blues. Hey, baby. Or it's got, I don't know, pretzel commercial. <laughs> pretzel commercial I just, or you some spicy chili. Or something with Patrick Swayze walking in through a smoky haze. They don't have like the sound effect of glasses clanking together, but that's what that means. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah. And he gets out of the gate. It's like, okay, final song. Apparently, they're getting fully experimental here. Yeah. We didn't even have to sit through like three minutes of silence before this kicked in, which is usually where... It- like, that's the preface for something that weird yeah. for AFI? Yes, absolutely. Just bizarre. And I feel like getting out of the gate that strong is awesome. It's bold. And then I think, like, the bluesy sound kind of fades mm-hmm. throughout the course of this uh, song. I wish that it stuck to that bold yeah. of a vision. But here's the chorus for When They Carries Me Away, then. I know we talked about how the first song of this album didn't really feel like a good first song. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the most, you know, emotional or subdued, I guess, is the angle for a final song. But I think it really works as a really strong final song. It'd oh, be absolutely. great for like a great encore song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I'm tipping my hand. What do you think about The Wind That Carries Me Away? Yeah. Unfortunately, you have articulated my thoughts, which doesn't make for a very interesting podcast. So you enjoyed it? Yeah, absolutely. I like this song a lot. I feel like it kind of falls apart later on. Believe it or not, it's a little repetitive, but I still really, really like it. But later on, with just the bloods and the woes, Mm. it's like they try and cram a lot of old AFI in here again. Let's let's take a listen here. With the woes in there, like, I'll never argue with AFI trying to be more communal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it, I don't know if it really fits this song, having yeah. that kind of call and response necessarily. Right. Uh, but then it has a powerful uh, guitar solo towards the end as well. I think it's an awesome song. Mm-hmm. That's the Blood Album, Cork. It's interesting because you you mentioned it earlier. We are going to see them live. They're playing a week from today, isn't it? 
So they're playing First Avenue on January 30th. So it's mm-hmm. coming up real soon for us. If you're at that show and you see um, two awkward guys, uh, one kind of looks like Bert, one looks like Ernie, mm-hmm. um, come over and say hi. Slightly uglier versions, <laughs> but that's okay. But because that has tainted in some ways the way that I've listened to this album because I'm thinking about what it's going to sound like live. Yeah. And like, like I think that the wind that carries me away, I was like, oh, he's going to vamp the fuck out of this song. <laughs> It's going to be a very sexy performance. Yeah. Do you think they're going to be? Okay, let's ask some questions about the show. Right. Will they be wearing all white? Oh, I mean, I haven't looked at that much footage. At least I didn't Uh pay attention to the fashion. They've already done it with like December Underground. There's very much to look. But Mm -hmm. I mean, as you might remember, white uh, is said. I mean, I don't even need to tell you this, Cork, but it's pretty clear that white said 27 times on the album. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd imagine they're either going to be wearing white or yeah. they're going to be wearing all them. All them, yes. I like it. Okay, and they are playing First Ave. And if you're not familiar with Minneapolis, First Ave is like a club where Prince, uh, look at it up, like Haunts. Purple Rain. Oh, yeah. Purple Rain, uh, First Ave is prominently featured in that. So yeah. It's kind of. It's his venue. His venue. So I'm wondering, do you think. I'm predicting two things. Yeah. So I'm just going to play my hand right now. I bet we're going to hear a like a rant about Donald Trump. I don't know about rant. I don't know if AFI seems like a politically ranty type. They might have a throwaway reference like right before So Beneath You. Just uh-huh. have like a, by the way, this is about God, but it could work about anybody. Yeah, this song's called Dumb Kids. kind of like Dumb President. And then they're going to... I don't think they're that type of band at all. Okay. Do you think they are going to make reference to the fact they were playing at First Ave and... That Prince died last year. Yes. Do I think you, that is a 100% lock. Do you think they will play a Prince song no. in tribute? No way. You don't think so? I don't know. <laughs> but I do not believe they will do that. Do you think 24-hour party zone? Are you talking about Hunter's Revenge awesome song, 24-hour party zone? <laughs> I think this is... I would die if they played this. You would die for I w- me? I would die for you. Numeral four. Have we talked about this song in the podcast I don't think before? we've talked about this song in the podcast. This is Hunter. Just overt Prince love letter, but it is awesome. It is the best. You have to look up Hunter's Revenge 24-hour party zone. Yes. Just at least have Hunter as the standalone Hunter's Revenge be the opening act to the opening acts and just get out there and play all of 24 Hour Parties. Is it too much to ask? I don't think it's too much to ask. The people demand it. (laughs) (laughs) By that, you mean the two in the back shouting Hunter's Revenge. Uh, Okay, back to Blood Album. Yeah. Overall, what are your thoughts? We've, I mean, we talked about a little bit. Before we broke down the songs, right? I feel like we were shockingly negative in our analysis. Maybe we just didn't uh, fillet the good songs enough because there are a lot of songs that I really do love on this album. Yeah. Um, but I was shocked by how negative we were. Why is that? I think ultimately you work with what you have. And I think that this could be something that over time grows on me. But for the most part, it's been a pretty immediate sense that I get from AFI stuff. Like I could tell pretty quickly 
if I like something or don't like something. And this one is just kind of like, there's a lot of, eh, about it, you know? I, Because I certainly felt that way out of the gate. I wonder if it's just a matter of recency and we just need to spend a little more time with it. Maybe a yeah. year from now, we'd have wildly different takes. I mean, the community is really enjoying it. How much of that is just the fact that they've not had a new AFI like proper album? Maybe, for maybe combined four with years? that, and also the fact that I feel like more than any album in a while, eh, Burial to some extent, but I feel like it's a very safe album. It doesn't go out on a new limb. I don't think it's that clear line of this is this type of song. This is this. This mm-hmm. could be from this album. This could be from this album. It just. It's a weird thing, but what I thought about too much, and maybe it's because I'm a, a giant dork, but you know how everyone says, oh, Force Awakens is just New Hope again with Star Wars. Yeah. That same thing. It's like, well, it's not really, but I forget if it was Mr. Plinkett or where the analysis came from, but the best take I ever heard on Force Awakens was that, you know, the original trilogy Star Wars movies, they're going for something. They're trying to be about something. And ultimately, if you boil it down, Force Awakens is about something. It's just about Star Wars and mm-hmm. a love of Star Wars, even if it's not... You know, just a complete remake of A New Hope. And I yeah. feel like that's what this album is. Is It's an album that doesn't necessarily try to recreate any eras specifically, mm-hmm. but it's an album about AFI. Huh. Uh, that's interesting. And I feel like, especially the most insight I had was from that Loudwire interview with Jade, where he's talking about pulling from the 60 songs they wrote. Mm-hmm. And it's just a nice reminder that the core of AFI, which is so nebulous and fans have been struggling to define ever since Sing the Sorrow, really. I'm sure even before that, actually. Uh, it's just that they're just fans of music. Yeah. And so they love music. They're making all these songs in a variety, a gray area of genres mm-hmm. based on stuff they really enjoy and then plucking from that and putting it on the album. And of course, it's impossible to read because it's just influences being filtered through and then blasted out here. Right. I think it's probably unfair to, like, I know we've kind of piled on the, about the quality of the lyrics. And, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like some of the other albums, too, the whether or not you think that uh, this is kind of like poetry, it's, there was kind of a rawness to some of it. Okay. Where, like, emotions were laid bare. And here it doesn't seem like that's happening. It He's, feels like Davies, you're kind of being held at arm's length. That's an interesting angle, especially with Barrels. I mean, it doesn't feel like Davies working through anything here. Certainly not any new territory emotionally through the writing of these lyrics. And it, we're at a point, too, that these guys are grown-ass men. So, like, the things that they have going on in their lives are certainly different than they were when they were 17, 18, right. and younger. So, perhaps they're, like... It's like the Rolling Stones. Like you don't want to hear a bunch of seventy-year-olds singing about tearing up a hotel room and going out on the town and stuff because it just doesn't feel authentic anymore. So and so is just a lightning strike for burials for Davy to be, in yeah, theory, that, crushed romantically. That right, could be it, or you know, for whatever reason, or maybe he's just trying to more abstract lyrics than like telling a personal story. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like lyrically, like few things really resonated with me that they have in the past, which I think. I didn't appreciate what a big component that may have been yeah. until it was kind of dialed back a little bit. I'm completely with you. And I, it, it's a tough call to go back and think about comparisons to Burials as mm-hmm. far as its overall quality. Because I, I like Burials. I feel like it starts a little weak, but then it builds to like rewind and embrace. Like there's great tracks in here. And I feel like yeah. in there, and I feel like there's great tracks here too. Mm-hmm. Just overall, it's a little, 
uh, it's a little bit less polarizing. It's just a yeah. sea of okay, and then there's the great dumb kids, there's the yeah. great pink eyes, yeah. uh, still a stranger thrown in there. When they carries me away is another big one for me. Uh, I think I think I like it a little more than burials is okay. where I'm at right now, and definitely it's it's on the uptick. If this was a stock market, you okay. Know? Uh, so I have a number written down because remember we review these AFI albums. I know it's been a while. Yeah. Do you have a number in mind? Uh, I think you said earlier seven point nine is where my my number is. <laughs> no, I I think I give it probably. Uh, it, it, this one's really tough. Yeah. Because I think that there are like big peaks and valleys on it. You know, but yeah. I think it kind of evens out to probably like a. I would say like a seven, maybe a six, seven, five. Okay, somewhere in there. I, I went seven, seven, five. Okay, uh, and that's that's on the on the upswing. Okay, I I think, man, honestly, if Dumb Kids was not on this album, I think it would be a very different score. I yeah. just love Dumb that Kids song. is super fun. It oh oh it just <laughs> it warms my heart to know that AFI can still turn out a song like Dumb Kids, even the verses are different and whatnot, but yeah. it is so fun. Lyrically, you know, it's about dumb kids, but so strong. Uh, All right. So I think we're roughly in the same ballpark with our thoughts on. I would say I would say like in the future. Yeah. um, The maybe muddle up the audio production so we can't understand what is being sung. And then we won't be so critical about the lyrics. Yeah. It's going to be a while before we get to dissect new AFI music again. You think so? Well, think about it. I mean, we got dream car coming up. What that is hot, that? That's the No Doubt band. Okay. Uh, we're going to do an episode. The next episode is going to be about the live show because we're going to see AFI for the first time. Yeah. Do you have any uh, strategy going into that show? Oh, boy. I'm going to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stand by you. Yep. Are you going to go to the pit? I think I will for some songs. Yeah. For sure. Any throwback songs uh, and dumb kids, I will uh, actually tackle Davey Havoc to the floor and take that mic and sing about Turning to Stone. That's interesting. I'll be the guy who looks like he's turned to stone next to the wall, doing my duty, keeping it up. <laughs> Making sure that exit row is clear. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that show with you. We Do you see- have a concert tee from previous shows that you're going to wear? Oh, not in my current inventory. Okay. Are we going to have to buy AFI shirts together? I think we're going to have to buy AFI shirts. I think we're going to have to buy AFI shirts together. Yeah. All right. So in the future, in the not too distant future, we'll talk about uh, the Blood Album Tour. Yep. We might be touring this for a while. There's always a chance they'll come back to Minneapolis twice. Really? Yeah. It, it made me think also just about, I mean, the band, 10th album. The Impermanence of Life. It really did. No, just about them sticking together for so long. There was a really cute picture of them backstage at the Jimmy Kimmel uh, live show. And it's just like the four of them smiling, getting ready to put on a show. It's like, man, these guys have been together for so long. Something really gets to me. More than marriage. The idea of just like, you don't have to stay together That's here. exactly, I think about that a lot. The there's dynamics no social, of a band. Right. And Davey, in interviews, is like, well, I mean, there's no drugs. And when there's no drugs, it's really easy to stay together. And I think a huge yeah. part of it, too, is it's like a marriage where they sleep in separate beds. Where they kind of all do their own thing. They all do their own side projects. Mm-hmm. They can stay entertained. No one's too greedy. No one's too fame hungry. Right. They get together. Jay yep. does a an insane amount of work. Right. And then brings in a couple of other people and says, hey, Adam, bang the drums. Jay and go. Davey have bunk beds, though. Let's be quite clear about how this sleeping arrangement goes, right? It's true. But I still, 
it's bunk beds, but I feel like um, Jade has slowly been stealing Davy's uh, sheets the and covers. He's yeah. taking the. He's on the like the bottom bunk, and he sees the the blankets hanging, <laughs> and he's like, "I'll take that too." Uh, Davy said, "Jade is AFI." Interesting. I think it's a bold the shift. Transformation is complete. I'm sure it happened 15 years ago, and yeah. we're just stupid enough to realize it now. But uh, Jimmy but- Kimmel will be like, "All right, we got Jade FI, everybody." <laughs> and you go, Wait, did I hear that right? <laughs> Uh, but I think it is just a nice lesson in everybody keeps their distance. Everybody's yeah. cool to get together, get some stuff done, to go on tour for a while, and then take a break, and then they album again. Don't burn yourself out. Don't do the drugs. Don't do the drugs. It's true. Uh, and there is no God. There it is. Yep. Blood album. We Thank you so much it. for listening, everybody. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback and comments. Oh, also, I oh, what? This was shocking to me. AFI News headquarters are best buds over there. Yeah. They're on the show. They are now on AFI's official website. They are just oh, really? the news section on AFI's official website. Oh, that's awesome. It's, congratulations to those guys. It's a huge step up. Um, but it's part of a really smart social blast and fan-focused blast from AFI with Blood Album. So it's really great. Yeah, that's super smart. Do they have a, like an ARG or anything leading up to the release of this album? Not one that was really yeah. out there. I mean, I think the replacement has just been like Facebook live teasing yeah. and stuff like that which is a really interesting strategy little ant emojis that's right but please let us know what we missed let us know if we're too negative for a really solid album in the comments which i feel like we were um but yeah let us know your thoughts on blood album maybe what your favorite song is and your least favorite song i'd love to hear it all right and that's it so for this episode until next time yeah, bye, bye. bye.